Thank you, Pastor Matt, for that kind introduction. And uh, thank you for the privilege of uh, being here today. It's been a wonderful time of worship. Uh, I think all of us are very cognizant of, of what uh, will yet come, we pray, soon, <laughs> when we're all back together in, in gatherings that are unrestricted. But today, as those who have gathered here in the sanctuary at Renfrew and those who are joining us online, I just want to say it's a great privilege for me to be part of the Alberta Baptist Association as a regional minister working with the 60 churches. But one of the greatest joys for me is to be able to worship in the churches of our association. And it's been a delight to be already here this morning. Uh, whenever we come together to worship, we are really celebrating our Lord's presence, right? We're, we're celebrating the wonder that He is with us. Even in the midst of all these crazy days, these unsettled days that we've uh, never lived through before, but we are definitely um, knowing what that is all about now. We just celebrate his power that in all of this, he keeps working amazing things. And, and also we celebrate his purposes, all the things that he has intended for us individually, but also for us corporately as the church. We celebrate God's sovereignty. And today, in particular, we celebrate in God's sovereignty that he had determined three years ago to have a particular pastor called Pastor Matt join this congregation as a transitional pastor, transitioning from one uh, era in this history for Renfrew Baptist to another. Well, today it is one of those unusual but great privileges for me to be able to actually mark that, that we're having Pastor Matt become the official permanent lead pastor of Renfrew Baptist Church. So we, we do what we would call an installation, and that's what's going to happen in this service yet this day. So I'm excited about that, Pastor, and I'm excited about that congregation. And those of you who are in the congregation online, you should be excited that we are able to do that, to, to mark this call of God of this pastor for this congregation. I also want to say, as, as a regional minister for the association, that there is a, there's a, a sp other special announcement I want to make pertaining to Pastor Matt and that the association leadership have determined that Pastor Matt should join the Alberta Baptist Association as one of the regional ministers. In that, he is going to have the opportunity to keep working alongside of me, just like he's been working here at Renfrew as a pastor, and now we mark that beginning as a permanent lead pastor. He's been working in our association in contract alongside of me in a variety of ways in the last months, even a couple of years. But the determination was made in April that uh, among our leadership at the association that Pastor Matt joined me as one of the regional ministers of our association, which gives me great relief 
and probably great challenge all at the same time because what is wonderful about being in team with Pastor Matt is that he and I are not at all alike. Uh, we, we, we have different gifts and abilities, and I'm thankful that God has so gifted him the way he has uh, to, to be able to augment the way I am not. And that's what makes a great team that can push us to some wonderful, exciting places that can push us to challenging places, but we are delighted that that is happening. So I'm announcing to you this day, if you haven't already heard that, that that's exactly what's underway in the association. But as we, as we begin our, our time around the Word of God today, we want to particularly acknowledge, I mentioned a moment ago, that in God's sovereign plan, God has determined that Pastor Matt Wilkes be a lead pastor at Renfrew Baptist Church. So we are here today to install him in that capacity officially, as an official marker. You know, all throughout Scripture, there are, there are times in the journey of God's people following God, following our Lord, that special markers occur. And we know those markers. We celebrate those markers. Today is one of those markers. This installation, I, I know, might feel a little mechanical because he's already been doing all of this kind of ministry for some time. Like, when we talk mechanical installation, we think about something you do with computer software, you know, or maybe something you do when you install a particular piece of bathroom equipment. But this is not what we're doing today. Within the context of the church, an installation service like this is really a high time for the church because it positively affirms that gifted leaders, such as Pastor Matt, along with his wife Michelle and as well Maris and Macaulay, are particularly called to lead, really in that to serve within the context of the church within the operations of the ministries of the church for the strengthening of the church. In fact, this is precisely what the Apostle Paul was explaining to some of the earliest followers of Jesus when he wrote to the church in Ephesus saying, for the good of the church, for the health of the body of Christ, God has purposefully called certain individuals to be set apart to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. But the focus of this occasion today should also serve to remind all of us that really, as we've probably heard many times before, but in case you haven't, to remind all of us that we are all called. Pastor Matt is called to be a pastor of this church, to be a regional minister in our association. But we are all called, we are all set aside for his kingdom purposes, for the privilege of working alongside of our Lord as change agents in the world that needs transformation. This should encourage all of us that we sort out with our Lord the gifts that he's entrusted to us, the passions that rise up within us, the opportunities that are presented to us in his service. So really, this important day of 
of installation and celebration should give all of us reason just to pause and reflect upon the nature of calling. And in particular, to underscore the simple but profound truth that calling assumes listening. So for just a few moments this morning, let's turn our attention to the Word of God, to a very familiar account in the life of Jesus, where we observe Jesus setting someone apart, where we step into the process of how Jesus was calling, and where we hear Jesus purposefully calling someone, and where we discover that someone was listening. In Luke chapter 5, 1 to 11, we're introduced to that most incredible fishing story of all time, where a miraculous drama unfolds as an amazing number of fish are caught, but also as one of Jesus' earliest followers is caught. We read in Luke 5, verses 4 to 5, that when Jesus had finished speaking to the multitude from the fisherman's boat offshore, he turned and said to Peter, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Notice in this that Jesus was calling and that somehow Peter was listening. And Simon said, in verse 5 we read this, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing. But at your bidding, I will let down the nets. Now, at first glance, we're inclined to say, well, of course Peter was listening to the Lord. This was Jesus. <laughs> he was right there, too, right next to the Lord. Yet, this is a very important observation because Jesus didn't have to somehow catch Peter's attention. He didn't send some kind of supernatural memo, make a spiritual appointment with Peter. Peter was able to hear from the Lord because... Peter was close to the Lord, which again begs the question, how did Peter get that way? How did Peter get close to the Lord? Well, essentially and importantly, Peter was close to Jesus because Jesus had come close to Peter. We read in verses 1 to 3 of chapter 5 that one day as Jesus was standing by the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him, listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, Peter, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. In this it is clear that it was Jesus who moved towards Peter. It was Jesus who got into Peter's boat. It was Jesus who stepped into Peter's life. Now, of course, for Peter, that was a bit of a disruption. A disruption in his day, in his agenda, in his life. Because first, Peter was at work. He was still cleaning up after a long, frustrating night of fishing. Verse 2 reminds us that when Peter stepped into the boat that morning, Peter and the other fishermen were washing their nets. While Jesus was close, Peter was doing what he had always done. So 
He had to deal with disruption to his routine, to his busy or tiring or boring or even predictable routine. First, we see Peter was at work. Second, he was among his peers. Can't you just hear some of his fishing buddies floating by on one of the other boats saying, Hey, Pete, what's with the guy in the boat? Peter had to deal with disruption to his reputation, to his status among his peers. Third, Peter was, shall we say, a bit rough on the edges, and he knew it. He even admitted it after that miraculous catch of fish, remember? Verse 8, saying, Lord, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Peter had to deal with the disruption to his identity, to how he would see himself, how he saw himself first as a sinner, and then how he would need to see himself with Jesus. Certainly Jesus was close, but to listen to the Lord, Peter had to deal with just how disruptive that could be and was. And friends, as it was for Peter, so it is for all of us. That when it comes to listening to the Lord, Jesus always still takes the initiative. He still comes close. He moves our way, steps into our lives. But to hear his voice, more than anything, we must deal with how that impacts our lives. We must deal with the distractions, the normal distractions of our lives. We must reckon with the busyness, the tyranny of the urgent. We must watch out for the boredom of routine, the sedation of fatigue. We must stare down the noise of peer pressure. We must come to grips with who we really are and who we really are not. Because it's one thing to be close physically, even geographically. It's another thing to be close relationally, attentively, to be close enough to really, really listen. Listening to the Lord assumes that we are close to the Lord. But of course, that's a huge assumption to make. And not because the Lord is far away. Indeed, the scriptures are persistent in saying that the Lord is with you when you are with him. That's what relationships are all about. So the first thing of this passage which begs is, are you with him? Are you close enough to hear his voice? Or are the normal distractions of life which make listening to the Lord feel like some kind of impractical, mystical, spiritual exercise? Listening to the Lord. Is there some kind of noise in your heart that's blocking out the voice of the Lord that mitigates against hearing the call of God daily. Sometimes we need to pull away for elongated periods of times in silence or solitude, fasting, whatever, whatever, fasting from whatever is distracting in our lives so that we can hear his voice. And then Regularly, even fervently, we need to pray alongside others to test whether or not we are actually listening to the voice of the Lord or maybe of our imaginations. 
and test it again against the, the scriptures to determine if it's, if it's in line with the scriptures to measure the validity of what we're hearing from the Lord. Friends, there is no question that the Lord is speaking. The question which remains is, are we close enough to hear? Peter was. In fact, Peter took listening to a whole extra level. He took listening from hearing the words of the Lord to obeying the, hear, the words of the Lord. As we've already noticed in Luke 5, verses 4 to 5, when Jesus had finished speaking to the multitudes, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered and said, Master, we have worked hard all night and caught nothing. But at your bidding, I will let down the nets. Now, just consider for a moment what it took for Peter to ever agree to that suggestion. Peter, a seasoned fisherman, who knew the best time to fish in that region was at the night. That's why he was out all night, not in the daylight hours. As a tired fisherman who had already been up all night fishing, but to no avail. As a frustrated fisherman who had just finished washing his nets for the day, thinking about a bagel and a cup of coffee, maybe a place to take a long nap, even the thought of going back out again at the recommendation of a teacher may have made him want to grind his teeth a little. But the amazing thing is that Peter did give that fishing thing one more try. He did listen, and he listened by responding. So the question is why? Why did Peter do that? What moved Peter from being attentive to being active? I mean, perhaps it was simply because Peter was honored or impressed that the rabbi would choose to use his old smelly boat as a pulpit, which really begs the question, what did Peter really know of Jesus? Well, we know that Jesus had been traveling around Peter's neck of the woods for a while. We read in verses, chapter 4, the chapter prior, in verse 31, that Jesus came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath day. And we know that Jesus' reputation as a teacher and a worker of miracles was growing. We read in verse 37 of chapter 4 that the report about Jesus was getting out into the locality in the surrounding district. But perhaps most significantly, we know that Jesus also had touched Peter's life already in a personal way. We read in chapter 4, 38 and 39 that Jesus arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever and they made request of Jesus on her behalf. And standing over her, Jesus rebuked the fever and it left her. And she immediately rose up and began to serve them. What a dramatic picture. I know there's a, way too many mothers-in-law around here or online for me to make any mother-in-law jokes, so let me just say this. When Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, things probably got a whole lot better around Peter's household. Just let me say that, all right? 
And as a result, Peter probably got a whole lot more receptive to that stranger who had impacted his life. In so many words, by the time Jesus was giving Peter some early morning fishing advice, Peter had seen enough of Jesus, enough of Jesus' love, enough of Jesus' power to take the risk on the rabbi, to expend the time and energy to consider Jesus' suggestions and engage Jesus' words. By the time Peter and Jesus pushed off from the shore that morning, Peter had seen enough of Jesus to listen to the Lord, to be open to the Lord, to be open to his possibilities, Peter had seen enough of Jesus to be open to Jesus. And again, the question is, have we? Because that's when the miracles happen. Listen to the Lord assumes that we are close to the Lord, but also that we are not closed to the Lord. So what does it take for, for you for me, to be open to the Lord, to be receptive to his possibilities, to grant the Lord room in our lives, to exercise his love, his power in us and through us. What does it take? Inevitably, it requires trust. And that should come as no surprise to us because it is trust which forms the basis of all relationships. And it is trust which is imperative for any relationship to grow. In fact, it is trust which we most often identify as faith. And in the final analysis, it's our faith in God, our trust in God, which leads us to obey God. That's why the Word of God declares that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without trust in Him, how do we ever please Him? How do we ever obey Him? So as you assess your openness to the Lord, you're really assessing your level of trust in Him. Perhaps like Peter, you began a trust relationship with the Lord as you observed Him at a distance, working in the life of someone else you know. And perhaps like Peter, your trust of the Lord significantly progressed as you discovered Him in your boat, operative in your life, very close, very active in your day-to-day. But perhaps, like Peter, your trust of the Lord is about to take a leap forward, or needs to take a leap forward, as he's speaking with you about something which is currently challenging you, something which is stretching you, which, which is not all that comfortable for you which feels risky, which may not even fully make sense to you. The question remains, have you seen enough of Jesus to be open to him? Do you trust Jesus enough to be open to his possibilities? To, and to what extent are you and I really prepared to listen to the Lord? This listening is an active, obedient listening, expecting us to carry out the word of the Lord, to practically respond to his will, to actually do whatever we've heard from him, to become responsible with what he's saying to us. 
This is listening with integrity. Really, listening to the Lord is all about readiness. So are you ready? As it was with Jesus speaking to Peter along the shores of Galilee, so it is today that he is speaking. He is speaking into the hearts and minds of men and women, young men and women, the world over regarding his love, regarding his salvation, regarding his service, regarding his heart. He's speaking personally and persistently and purposefully to affirm his presence and clarify his purpose and facilitate his power, his life-transforming power within the history of his human creation right now. But if we're ever going to hear him, we must remain close to him. And we must be careful not to be closed to him. We must be listening so as to know what the Lord is saying and then to respond to the Lord's call. Just like Pastor Matt has done. So are you ready? Lord, as you have revealed through the scriptures how you stepped into the life of one unexpecting and to become effectively powerful leader in the kingdom. So you are doing even now. So you are stirring perhaps right this minute in hearts and lives, maybe one particular person who's listening to your word right now in this sanctuary or online from their homes and asking something of them as you are calling them. Lord, I pray that you would make sure in my life and in each one of our lives as your followers or those considering following you, that in each one of our lives we would not just be hearing your word, but doing your word, obeying, truly following you. Lord, we pray these things in your name for your sake and to your glory. Amen. Let me pray a prayer for you. Terry preached a great message. Dr. Fawson preached a great message. One of my favorite authors, Scott McKnight, said this. A disciple, a follower of Jesus, is someone who engages with Jesus as a person and because of that relationship begins to live out the virtues that Jesus talks about. May that be true of us. May, may we engage with Jesus in a profound way this week and because of that actually start to live out the things that Jesus talks about. So let me pray. God, as we go into this week, some of us just think it's going to be a repeat as the last week, as the last week, as the last week. But you're calling us into the new. You're calling us into the deep. You're calling us like you called Peter to start to take steps outside the boat and actually believe. And God, as we listen to you this week, may you stir in our hearts great desires that you have for us. We are so excited that we get to partner with you in the furtherance of your kingdom here on earth and one day when we return to glory with you and we can worship with you in heaven. May you keep my friends safe. 
this week. May you protect them. May you heal them. And God, may you stir in us a great passion to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We love you. We ask all this in your name. Amen.